Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave, and we are excited to be back with you on this nice brisk winter day. Hope you guys are dressed warm as you guys are tuning in and listen to us. I know it's nice to cozy up next to fire this time of year. Um, you just never know what's coming, whether it's going to be wind I, or snow or... And I don't know what you mean by nice day. It is nice. 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 That kind of nice day or nice day? No, it's a nice day. So you're not you're not saying I'm not like, trying to be sarcastic. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. How come people say stuff they don't mean? Uh, I don't know. I think sometimes people say things like, and use sarcasm when they do mean it, but they're trying to hide it. But then I, I do think that sometimes people use sarcasm just to be, try to be funny. So what if, you're, what if you take, now you know me. Yes. I'm a very literalist when I hear Yes, things. and it's fun to play with your literal, literalism. I know. I, Is that a but word? You, that, that actually was developed in high school with a guy named Ron that I hung out with. Yes. And we decided to take everybody literally. We decided to do that. And ever since, you've been literal. And I have. And it's been fun because I laugh a lot because of what they say. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's, it's like you think of, uh, especially when um, my buddy and I were together, Ron and I, and some guy started cursing us out. Yeah. He'd start laughing. <laughs> because we were taking him literally going, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, we're, we're sitting there shocked at yeah. what the guy's saying. And then we're both like, holding our stomachs laughing. The guy's going, what? I'm mad at you and yelling at you. And, and you're laughing. But we're taking what he says literally. And it, makes, and it makes no sense whatsoever what he was saying. This is true. And, and so it doesn't really matter. It, it, sometimes you're, you're meeting somebody, they're letting off some steam, they're doing something, but it's like, you know? Yeah. If you take them like, so unfortunately, both on radio with you and other, in other times we talk, when somebody says something, I have this first habit of thinking literal. Right, right. And there's a lot about the tone, too. Yep. You know, I, it's funny because as you're talking about sarcasm, I'm thinking about we just did a, an episode of SBR Insider, uh, which is on Silver Drench's YouTube channel, something that we do to keep everybody And how many, how many followers do we have? Uh, I actually haven't checked lately. Last time I checked, it was like 144. We need 200, so everybody listening, go sign up so that this guy has to jump in the lake in the winter. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, we made a, 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 an unfortunate commitment yes. saying that once we did... Yes. Uh, 200 followers that we'd actually jump in the lake. A commitment is a commitment. So, but we haven't reached it yet. But what I was getting at is this, is that um, in my recent episode, it was, it was kind of a, a mucky day outside. You know, it was kind of squishy, squashy. It was just one of those days where it's like it had rained all day. If you've ever been to Silberts Ranch, you know, it gets kind of squishy. So as we were walking, there was, uh, there was a big pile of mud that the skid steer had kind of, you know, yep. and we pointed it out. And I'm like, oh, man, that is delicious. Yeah. Now, everyone knew you didn't mean that. Right, right. Or did they so did see? You, so did you in your literal mind think I, that? I, I giggled at it. <laughs> did you? Yeah, because I could picture you going there with a you know, spoon and trying to eat it. That's, that's interesting. I should start trying to think literal. Yeah. It, would, it would open up a whole new world. Well, you know what, though? What happens is you end up laughing at yourself because we're in a culture where communication is key. Oh, I mean, absolutely. This is the communication culture. Right. Um, I guess the question I would have for you is if I really understand what you're saying, is sarcasm or something like that valuable or is it something we shouldn't be in the habit of doing? Right. And you said something interesting because in that illustration of, you know, it's delicious, you're like, well, we all know that you didn't mean that. Right. You know, but that's not true with all sarcasm. No. You know, with some sarcasm, it's like, uh, is he being real or like is he joking around you know especially today's day and age where where communication happens more than just me t telling you verbally dave yeah. you know because i've gotten texts even where it's like 
how am I supposed to read this? Right. You know what I'm saying? Or even an email or maybe, you know, something that's not verbal, but is it's written down in a message and you're wondering, are they being sarcastic or are they not? Because yeah. it would totally transform the message depending on which way or the other. And so the question is, is, is what does the role of sarcasm play and should it play a role in our yeah. lives? You know, and that's, that's a great question to ask because, you know, it, it can cause some confusion. But if you're thinking, okay, let's just do it this way. If you're thinking of me while you're talking to me, you lessen the sarcasm because I'm taking you literally. Yes, unless I intentionally heighten the sarcasm. Right, <laughs> which, which okay, there's another word for that, though. That's a, called a hyperbole. Hyperbole, yes. Yeah, so, I forgot you were a teacher. Yeah, as teachers, I think... But you're not an English teacher. No, but I think as teachers, even Jesus, <laughs> right? I, I, you know, I think basically you take things at certain times, stretch them beyond any believability right? to make a point. Right, and and we see that in Scripture, too, yeah, where, so where I, hyperbole is, an, is used. Yeah, and it, the, the idea, again, of communication is to teach something or to communicate something. Right. So when Jesus says, like, um, the disciples that want to know how many times they should forgive, mm-hmm. and they, said, they thought, man, seven, that great number. Yeah. And Jesus says, 70 times seven. Right. So, so let me ask you, does that mean you keep count of them till you get to 70 times seven? No. No, see, that was a hyperbole. Yeah. That, that was... You know what? You keep doing it was the message right. there. So you don't want to get caught up in, okay, he literally meant 70 times 7. Right. No, I'm sorry. It, it, the whole point of a teacher often is to say something when it is so bent out of shape. To say something that could be believable, that could be construed as a lie. Mm-hmm. Now, some are listening going, okay, you're, you're setting the stage for lying. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I just said, if the listener believes it's true, then you didn't have a hyperbole that was worth saying. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, right. because as I'm speaking, I'm thinking of you, Jason. Do you understand what I said? Right. So let's talk about Aiden, your son. Yes. Yes, my okay. son. He's four. If, if, when you talk to him, yeah. the goal is that he hears what you say. Right. Not that you say it right, or if you said it sarcastically, would he get it? At his age, no. No, so you got to be real careful. Right. You're, you need to be literal. You need to be plain. What, you're thinking of him. Absolutely. Right. You and know, his understanding. When I'm with him, I'm 61 years old. When I'm with him, I change my language. I, right. Why? Because I want him to understand. It's simple language I talk to him yeah. in. You know, terms uh, that he would understand as a four-year-old. Yeah. Because what good is communication if you can't communicate? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And then, you know, even another side of it, you know, I think of my generation and as the younger voice on the show, you know, I hear people, you know, even as I've challenged some sarcasm in my life, um, even with others, they're like, oh, you're just being, you know, too tight or, you know, what, it's, we're right. just joking around, you know, but it's like, you know what, I think, you know, that sarcasm, it's one of those touchy things, you know, because I think there are you know, words that you can abuse by being sarcastic. Yeah. And you can even hurt people oh, by being sarcastic. Yeah. And, and if you get to the point where somebody, you know, is listening to you and they can't decipher whether or not you're telling the truth or if you're being sarcastic, then I think you've almost gone too far because now it's like, you know, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, how, how will people ever know when to take you seriously or not? Yep. If you're, if you're just being over the top sarcastic. And so I think it, it draws even that out. You know, I mean, you use the illustration of my son, but if you're somebody who's always sarcastic, why should I ever take you at face value? Yep. You know, and then, you know, to apply a biblical principle, you know, we're, we're called the letter yes, be yes, or no, be no. You know, all of a sudden your word, you know, if I'm a sarcastic person, it's like, oh, I'll give you my word, Dave. It's like, what does that mean anymore? Yeah. 
Um, and so it, it really opens up the door. And I think it's a, it's a great thing to talk about because I see sarcasm so prevalent. You know, even even during the summer, the way that that uh, you know high schoolers interact, and even as we interact with others, you know, you know, there's a lot of sarcasm, whether it's intended to be joking around um, or hurtful. You know, and that's a great question. What where's is it okay to joke around with sarcasm, or where does it become hurt? You know, where's yeah, where do we draw the line, Dave? You know what? I'm I'm glad my my wife uh, all through my life has been very sensitive to this. I mean, I I can um, believe it or not, be really quick with my words. Yeah. And my words are not always something that uh, I should go back and say, oh, those are great words. Um, but you learn in life that, okay, you know, your first words are not necessarily your best words. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have a rule. Start with your second thought. Right. You know, because my first thought actually likes to come out and build Dave Wager up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to show you that I know more than you, that you're dumber compared to me, that you're, and I'm going to say something so that you realize that. Yeah. But I'm going to say it in an, in, 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 in a, in an acceptable manner. Right. So that it doesn't sound like I'm saying it, but yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah. Oh, that's evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about that, yeah, that's, you know, very... that, that's evil. Right. But yet it's acceptable in our culture. I mean, I used to call um, people who had a problem with weight, I used to call them skinny. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, skinny, come on over here. Right. Until, you know, my wife pointed that out. It was like, don't do that. Right, right. I didn't call him fat. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. Right, right. You, you know, it's like, don't you think I complimented him? You know, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's those things that I think you start, what am I really saying? I don't have a problem like you. If you would look at me, I don't have that problem of excess weight or whatever it might be. And maybe I did anyway, but you have more than me. Yeah. That's a pretty dangerous mind frame to start hanging your hat on. Mm -hmm. And then to get into the habit of doing it. I was reading a psychologist online, and I think... You know, you say the word psychologist, some Christians get all bent out of shape like you should use the Bible. And if you listen at all to me ever, I use the Bible. I like psychology in this sense. They, they describe problems well. Mm. They just don't have answers, I don't think, without God. Right. So the Bible has the answers. It's not that, I mean, anybody can see a problem. If I have a rash on my face, I don't need a Christian doctor to tell me I have a rash on my face. Right. And I mean, anybody can see that, so... It's one of those things. This psychologist said this, sarcastic statements are sort of a true lie. Yep. You're saying something you don't literally mean, and the communication works as intended only if your listener gets that you're insincere. Hmm. Sarcasm has a two-faced quality. It's both funny and mean. Hmm. So those are the two parts of it. It's right. funny and it's mean or demeaning. The dual nature has led to contradictory theories on why we use it. Some language experts suggest sarcasm is used as sort of a gentler insult, a way to tone down criticism with indirectness and humor. How do you keep this room so neat, a parent might say to a child, instead of the room is a pigsty. Yeah. And I mean, so they're really hiding what they're saying, but they're saying it in a way. And then we train our children uh, to grow up that way. And then he says, but other researchers have found that mocking, smug, superior nature of sarcasm is perceived as more hurtful than a plain-spoken criticism. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know where, do you know where uh, sarcasm, the word, comes from? I don't. It comes from a Greek root 
And like a, a tree root? A, a, yeah, exactly. Now you're going literal on me. <laughs> great, great, love I'm it. trying, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, and it's S-A-R-K-A-Z-E-I-N. So however you pronounce that in Greek. And here's what it means. To tear flesh like dogs. Cozy. Yeah. To tear flesh like dogs. That's what sarcasm means. That, you know, have you ever seen a dog go after something and just tear the flesh off it? Yeah. That's what it talks about. So the original understanding of sarcasm many years ago, the, the idea, the etymology of it, the, the building of that word, has to do with the destruction, a painful, slow destruction of somebody else. Hmm. So I think you know, that's something that, that we need to put out in the arena and say, should we be involved as those who actually love people? When we talk about loving God and loving people, is, should sarcasm be the way that we communicate? Right. And uh, I think we're going to have to take some more time and, and try and continue to talk this through. Um, and I think let's bring in some scripture. There's some verses I want to talk about, see what God has to say about how we use our words, and uh, we can go from there. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And I think, I think it's, it's something that is very you know, prevalent for a lot of people. Because I think at some point or another, a lot of us use sarcasm. Both ages here. I yeah, mean, this, this is something that spans yeah, generations. Yeah, this isn't something... You know, because I even think briefly, you know, yes, or last week you shared about, you know, words or phrases of the year, and I think I, one of them was like mom yeah, or something, but right. it wasn't like a mom as in your mom, but mom as in somebody who acts like a motherly right. figure. And right. so is that a sarcastic, yeah. you know, title? And so that's... that's is I mean, it that's derogatory? The, is it derogatory? I, I think you know, it's a compliment if you call somebody right. that. Right, you know, but that's... That could, that could I show also think of my mom. How prevalent it is in our <laughs> culture. So anyways, we're just getting started here on the show. If you say mom, um, I'm looking for her. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't call you mom. I no, guess. don't do that. So anyways, uh, stick with us. We're having a lot of fun here on the show. We'll be right back after this quick break on Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. And we are having a delicious discussion. Delicious. How about that? Um, about sarcasm and how we use our words. I don't so know I... how to fit that in my head. <laughs> the fact that we're having a delicious yeah, discussion. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, immediately you say that and I think of like limpa bread. Limpa. Limpa. You know what limpa bread is? I don't, so I'm imagining you limping eating bread. No, it's a Swedish bread. It's got cardamom and rye, and it's it's a sweet bread, a sweet rye bread with orange peel in it hmm. and clove. Interesting. And it's just a sweet rye with all of that stuff in it, and you put butter on that, and you have it at Christmas, and it melts in your mouth. Good stuff. That sounds good. I've had nisu. Have you ever had nisu? I haven't. I can't pronounce that, so I don't eat it. Interesting. I think that's a Swedish bread. Too. Oh, is it? I think. I could be wrong. Well, they have two. Or it actually might be Finnish. Uh, that could be. Do you know that Finnish people are the, they say the least words of any culture? The least of hey. any culture. Really? Yes. And they're also, they did a survey, they're the happiest culture. Interesting. Maybe we should talk about sarcasm with them. I, I know we should. They, <laughs> except for it takes a while, they don't say many words. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even understand. Yeah, I don't know if they have radio, because this is what it would sound like. No, that's no words. They have some words. <laughs> oh, it could be. So is it like... Hide there. No, I don't know. Hey, there, you there. Yeah, I don't know. Good day, eh? No, that's Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's sweet, the Swedish breads I, I like. My, my mother-in-law used to make a Swedish coffee cake called Skorpa. Scorpa. Scorpa. And I tell you, these Swedish people and their names of breads. I know. And they would, well, they would make it to be a coffee cake, but then they would, 
they would uh, heat it so it got rock hard. So almost like a biscotti. It would be, only it's a Swedish biscotti called Scorpa. Scorpa. And so then, <laughs> then you'd slice it before because it would crumble otherwise, but then they would take it and dip it in their coffee to make it soft. So I'm thinking, Interesting. this is like a jigsaw puzzle to me. Well, it, I mean, you it's know, the same concept it as is. Biscotti, so, then. Well, it is, but it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Somebody took a very good picture, yeah. cut it into pieces, and asked you to put it back together. <laughs> you don't like jigsaws, do I you? hate jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> because why would you take a perfectly good picture, put it into a thousand pieces, and then tell me to put it back Here's together? Here's the Swedish thing I don't understand. <laughs> Ludafisk. Oh, I don't either. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At first, I thought you were going to say you love it. No. <laughs> No, I never got it past my nose. I, I dare you. No, not happening. To eat some lutefisk. No, you know, it is in, it's in the bloodlines, but my grandma used to make it every Christmas. Maybe if we get so many downloads for our show, All right. we'll get you to eat lutefisk. All right, here's what we'll do. We get, if, we get, if we get 100 downloads on the show. 100 downloads in an episode. Yeah, 100 downloads. We will, uh, you can film me eating lutefisk. You heard it here, if we get 100. <laughs> so if you're listening to the show, you got to share it with others. Oh, and we got to get people to download this show, and I will film. I, I'm thinking Dave. I'm safe. I'm thinking I'm we safe. We will get some nice, no. fresh, no, you, straight out of wherever it comes from. <laughs> first, first of all, you're you showing don't, you don't know what it is because there's no way to get fresh lutefisk. <laughs> Here, let me explain how they make it. Please do. It's codfish that they take, and they, from my understanding now, the, the Swedish kind of kind of sewers, they they might know different, but. They, it's codfish they take, and they take it after they catch it, fillet it, and they put it in racks in barns, yep. and they put lye in between yep. each layer, and they let the lye just burn the fish. So it's, it, yep. it is a bright white when yep. they're done. Then they take this, and they boil it, and then they eat it with some kind of sauce on it. And I used to ask my dad, I mean, it smells as bad as it sounds. <laughs> and, and, I, and I told my dad, I said, why do you eat that stuff? Well, he loved the sauce that went with it. I was like, just eat the sauce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, as you're talking about this, I'm reading the explanation on the internet. Oh, yeah, what does it say? It says, um, it, 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 you're, you're pretty much right. You know, they, 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 aired, they treat it. So it's made from stockfish or whitefish. It's dried, salted, in lye. It is a gelatinous texture. Yes, it is. It's like And then eating. when the treatment is finished, <laughs> um, it's caustic, meaning that the pH of the fish is like 11 or 12. Yes. So it's like uneditable. And so to make the fish edible, final treatment of yet another four to six days of soaking in cold water, um, which is changed daily, and then eventually the lutefisk is ready to be cooked. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then, yeah... It, that doesn't even sound delicious. No, and it's, it's one of my heritages. So, if you want to see Dave <laughs> eat some delicious lye-soaked fish... I made it to 61 without touching that stuff. Oh, man. Well, obviously, you touched it if it got close to your nose. Well, it did. Well, it got passed by me at Christmas by my grandma and my dad. And, and you never tried it? No. All right. Well... You've never smelled it, obviously. You know what? It doesn't matter because the dare wasn't for me. Yeah, the I dare know. was for you. And if you look up pictures on the internet, it does not look appetizing whatsoever. So why did my ancestors eat this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Oh, man. There's got to be traditions in other cultures that are just as silly. There has I, to be. There has to be. Yeah. Maybe, we, that, maybe that could be another show. Yeah, traditions and cultures. Traditions that and don't cultures make any that make sense. you go, huh? Yeah, no. I wonder what we have here in America that makes other people go, yeah, huh? 
Yeah, there's got to be something. There's got to be something, but that's for another day and another topic. Well, you know, though, this kind of thing is, these kind of topics bring out what we were talking about, the sarcasm. I mean, they bring it out of people. Like, they'll go, nice fish. (laughs) You know, what what they're really saying is, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. What are you eating that for? Um, Of course, I would say, are you kidding me? What are you eating that for? That's right. Because that's what I actually meant. Oh, come on, Dave. It's really delicious. You know, here, let me, let me give you a verse from the Bible. Please you do. You can tell me what you think. All right. Tell me if you think there's any hidden meanings in this. Okay. All right? It is Ephesians 4.29, and it says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may be given grace to those who hear. So is there any hidden meaning in that? I don't think so. That's pretty clear. That's pretty straightforward, I would say. You know, there's a general rule. If you love God and you love people, when you communicate, you're communicating to help the other person. Yeah. You're not communicating to say, look at me. Right. You're not communicating. That, you know, have you ever been in a discussion with somebody where they're just waiting for you to shut up so that you can tell them all you know about the topic? Yep. That's really hard for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard because we want to join in the discussion and say things. Right. When really we should be quiet, let them share what they're, they've mm-hmm. learned. You know, it, it kind of began to go back to your son. He's four years old. Yeah. When he was uh, showing us his backpack and the things that he had from, is he in a pre K or something? Or, yeah, he's like preschool. Okay. So yeah. he's showing us the backpack and everything cool in it. it. You know what? It would have been totally inappropriate for me to say, I have a backpack. Here, I have, see, to turn it to me. Yeah. I think sarcasm is something that is, is just kind of innate in people who want to turn the discussion back to their understanding of life and their brain and them, and, and they want to control things, but they want to control them in a way where there's no other feedback to it because yeah. there's no real great response to sarcasm. Right. Right. You know, if I well, say, some people might say, well, it's funny. Yeah. Well, but it's, I, I guarantee you that if you're being sarcastic, at least one person might not find that sarcasm funny. Yeah, you know, here, here's what I found about funny. I mean, if yeah. I were asking you to be funny, right? It, by the time you're finished, everybody's laughing, and there was nothing in it that could hurt anybody. Right, right. And, and, and literally, it probably could be another topic of a different show, Dave, you know, because I've even, you know, I question sometimes what people watch sometimes, like, well, it's funny. It's like, well, so does that justify whether or not you should do it or yeah. watch it? Or, you know, but like I said, that's a totally different discussion. Yeah. Well, it's because... got the same characteristics of sarcasm because sarcasm will grab, sarcasm grabs people unaware. It, it grabs them. Yeah. Um, and that's part of it. It's kind of a shock thing. You say something and people have to go, what? Mm. You know, I mean, they, they pause for a second. Yeah. And, and, and comedy or humor has the same thing. They, they try and give it a shock value. Mm-hmm. And, and the shock value makes people uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable, you do something. Yeah. You know, you either laugh or you cry or you get mad. Or, I mean, when you're uncomfortable, you don't stay uncomfortable. You, you do something with it. Um, there's another a passage in the Bible that, that is equally interesting. In Matthew 12, 36, it says, Jesus is saying that we will give an account one day for every idle word we've ever said. Interesting. Yeah. When you think about that, it's like, okay, what is the purpose of life? Right. It is to show the world who God is. It is to love people. 
and, yeah. and make their lives the best their lives can be. Well, and it shows how important words are. You know, I think sometimes when we think about our words, we don't think that they carry much weight. But you know, the, the interesting thing that I observe in both these, you know, verses, you know, both in the one you just read in Matthew and in Ephesians, is that there is intentionality behind the words. Because even if you look, if you look, go back to Ephesians 4.29, the last right. phrase, it says that it may give grace to those who hear. So the words that come out of your mouth, whatever it is, you know, I mean, if you read the whole verse, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, depending on what translation you have. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yep. And so that means every word that we use based on that verse should have some intentionality behind it. Why? Because it's, it's a tool that God has given us to show grace towards each other. So you should And in think, light of that, think. if you jump then to the Matthew passage, I mean, these are two different books of the Bible, but right. you know, with the principles here, you know, the reason that every word is accountable is because there's intentionality behind the words that we have. And I think that we lose sight of that sometimes with our words. Yeah. You know, because the biggest lie that I've ever heard growing up was sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. Like, right. And we all know that that's silly and not true because a lot of us are impacted by what people say to us or say behind our backs or imply, you know, and, and I don't know if, if somebody out there, if you've been listening to somebody who is sarcastic and the sarcasm is actually directed to you or about you and all of a sudden sarcasm isn't funny anymore. No. It's very hurtful. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not the intent. You know, it's, and being a public person like I am, I have learned not to listen to people. Yeah. And that's just as dangerous mm. because now you, you basically have to really choose who you listen to. Right. Because in our day and age, it seems like everybody feels like they have the right or the freedom to criticize whoever is saying whatever. Yeah. And make sure that their opinion gets out so everybody sees it and understands it. It's really about them again. It's about me if I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that my opinion is different than yours. And if your opinion is different, I am going to somehow destroy you. Yeah. So that, and, it's, and you look at that and you go, wait a minute. That's what people do who don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. We that know Jesus, knowing Jesus and loving him causes us to live and say things differently. Yeah. And if it's not doing that, if we're just imitating the people that don't know Jesus, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. I, there's no way around the idea that we should be more intentional with our words, which means what I said earlier, that general rule for myself, I really need to start with my second thought, mm. not my first. Yeah. My first thought, as much as I would like to train it to be absolutely perfect 100% of the time, my first thought is usually something that is sarcastic or, or something that is, is, is pointing me to people or mm. whatever. Right. So I need, to, I need to just stop that one and say, God, forgive me for that one. Right. What would my second thought be? Mm -hmm. Well, I should say something like this. Right. Now, believe it or not, that took a while to say, and your mind will process that a whole lot quicker. But... I yeah. would encourage our people to start thinking, before I say anything or respond to anybody, I'm going to start with my second thought. And we can come up with a name for it. It's, it's second thought speech or something or whatever we want to do because we're, our first thought, we're going to right. bury. Right. And I, th I think that's a good principle to live by because I think we all can think of those situations where all of a sudden we go with that first thought that came and we say it and it's like, ooh, I probably should not have said that. 
but we were so quick to act on our emotions. Like so Ludfisk. Yeah, like I shouldn't have said that. I sh- now but look you- at the, the pickle I'm in. <laughs> pickle that's right but you're committed and that's yes, a great I thing am. so as as we as we wrap up a discussion hopefully you've been encouraged or challenged in some sense about the words that you use and so we thank you again for joining us you can go to our website at relate365.com to check out past episodes or even to download this episode and share it with a friend and we thank you for joining us and we'll see you here next time on younger and older with jason and dave